Good afternoon everyone, welcome to a brand new episode here, Boom Bapping. Right, I know it's been a while since I've actually done, or since February I think, yeah. So this one, we're going to talk something a, bit, a little bit different. We're going to talk about historical accuracy in video games. More specifically, this is Battlefield 5 versus Call of Duty World War 2. So, something a little bit different for you now. Obviously, we've got, uh, I'm going to talk about all sorts of interesting stuff uh, that I noticed while playing these two games. Obviously, I enjoy, I've enjoyed these two games. Uh, definitely, some of the best, well, Call of Duty, World War 2, definitely one of the best Call of Duties. Uh, Battlefield 5. Probably the best multiplayer I've played, just because of how it is. So yeah, uh, the topics we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to talk about gameplay in both games. We're going to talk about the story elements, and we're going to talk about the multiplayer. Of course, we've got to talk about multiplayer. But first, let's talk about the gameplay elements. Okay, so. When I say about gameplay elements, I'm, I'm talking about the firearms in the game, and I'll be honest, the most accurate out of the two games, believe it or not, is Call of Duty. They have the most accuracy when it comes to portraying the World War II weapons. For example, the Thompson Super Machine Gun. Uh, also, well known for used in by the Americans when they got involved during their Pacific campaign against the Japanese as well as when they got involved in uh, Europe and Africa. So you're probably wondering what I'm talking about. So the Thompson submachine gun, uh, everyone knows it as the M1 A1. M1 meaning military, the M, that's what it stands for, meaning that they saw military service. And, uh, well, I'm going to talk about different aspects of that as well, so let's go into it. So, as you all know, when you play a Call of Duty or Battlefield, uh, the attention to detail on the weapons, especially when it comes to the accuracy, is top mount. So, and in this case, like I've said, Call of Duty have their weapons more on the historical accuracy. Obviously, uh, I'll, I'll probably display a video on YouTube to showcase this for you. Or maybe some images. I don't know. I'll sort that out so you can see for yourself. But, uh, the iron size on Battlefield 5, where it's like a weird semicircle with like this thing sticking out in the middle. That's wrong. See, the Thompson M1A1, it has two sights. It has one configured for 250 yards, and it has one uh, around 100 yards. So when you've so when you've played Call of Duty and using the Thompson, you know, the Tommy gun, um, in more, most of the Call of Duty games, you will use the top sight. So you know that little little sight at the top, and then the yeah, 
you know it should know what I mean uh, underneath I say is a circle that is the second site where your ears will wear and that's exactly what it should be also the top site being used more often uh, just because why well, 250 yards with a Thompson machine gun yeah sub machine gun yeah not gonna happen so obviously that's probably one of the aspects that I like about Call of Duty is attention to detail when it comes to the weapons however however this is where both games get it wrong because uh, in both games you have the Thompson machine gun and you have the option to stick the drum magazine on it that is wrong see the drum magazine wasn't on this particular version it was on the 1921 1928 models more commonly known as the Chicago typewriters simply because of its use by gang members in Chicago you know people like Al Capone and stuff like that they never saw use in the in World War II only, only by the Mafia and so on in um, what you call it you know you know what I'm talking about but uh, when, so when it comes to the gameplay aspect, obviously the game the gameplay mechanics of the guns are very different. But one thing that they both games do get spot on is the reloads. Uh, for example, with the M1 Garand, probably one of my favourite weapons to use. That's an eight round clip that you put in at the top. And obviously, once you once you empty that eight round eight round clip, it goes and makes that distinct ping sound as it ejects. That ping, that ping being the metal gyrating and hitting one another. So obviously, there's that. And uh, one thing, one thing I've noticed as well uh, on Battlefield Five. I'll, I'll talk about this weapon in uh, probably Battlefield 5 obviously the obviously I think when it comes to the weapon customization I reckon Battlefield 5 is definitely, definitely better I would say because you know with Call of Duty when especially in using bot actions you tend to use scope for the bot actions on Call of Duty Obviously, if you want to get that sense of World War II realism, Battlefield 5, you can duck to bother with the scope. And one thing I've noticed, one, one attention to detail that I really like from Battlefield 5, I don't think they do in Call of Duty World War II, is the Elite Enfield, and most of the bot actions, how realistic. So, with the Elite Enfield, probably one of the most famous rifles to ever be used during World War One and World War Two. definitely had the most capacity when it came to ammunition as well because it was you had a 10 round uh 10 round magazine or five two five round clips that you stick in the top one after the other and what was special about the Lee Enfield rifle number four I believe it's called is and, and again this is where the majority of the Enfields is where the bolt was made so you didn't have to leave the sights. 
So for those that play Battlefield 5, you'd know you'd know yourself when you aim. When you aim, uh, when you aim with the Lee Enfield, you don't have to remove. You don't have to let go of the left trigger or whatever button to use to aim down the sights. You don't have to let go of that so that it can like move around. Well, back to bolts and then. But obviously, if you use uh, one of the other bolt actions in the game, you have to let go of the aim down the sights button so that the game can do the animation of chambering to move around. So that's a good, that's a good attention to detail in my perspective uh, when it comes to Battlefield 5. Like, honestly, that is top notch. Uh, when it comes to obviously the value rate of these weapons, uh, obviously Call of, Duty, Call of Duty and Battlefield of Oscar obviously turned it down so that it's not too ridiculous because some of the guns in general about could fire like 900 to 1000 rounds per, round per minute, it's ridiculous. Uh, one thing I am disappointed in, and I will go into when I talk about the story elements with both games, I will talk about this in more detail when I get into the story elements. But one thing I was disappointed about Battlefield, where was the Russian element to the game? Like, I think the Russian account was on there, I think, I don't really know. Didn't really pay attention. Well, where was the PPSH-41, or from its proper pronunciation, the Papasha-41, Russian-made machine gun. Probably, probably one of the best ever made. Uh, where was it? About the whole time. I, that's the only thing that really gives me headings on that. Uh, Call of Duty, they had all sorts of weapons, because when they called you World War Two, didn't I don't think they had Japanese weapons in that game. Because uh, again, they didn't have that campaign, and they didn't have that Japanese element in the game. And so you're probably thinking, well, if that's the case, then why the why did Call of Duty World War Two add Russian weapons? And obviously, I'll get into more detail when we get to the story elements of the game. In a second. So, so uh, again, so when it comes to weapons, I would say on the perspective, on the aesthetic per- perception, Cordially World War Two is more spot on in terms of that. But in terms of that sort of realism with the weapons, uh, I would have to give that to Battlefield Five. Because I know this is not a game I'm looking for, but obviously the Car 98, Call of Duty, one of the most popular weapons that you could use, uh, you can still have your sights end on sights and the game will just whack the bolt for you. You didn't have to look look out the scope so it like, could jump at the round and obviously, obviously Call of Duty is never really about realism when it comes to the little details like that. So despite 
like the pros and cons of that sort of aspect of that of it and like the gameplay elements of the weapons I would give each a 5 out of 10 there are certain aspects uh, in terms of realism, how the weapons are handled, how the weapons look, how they're perceived both games get right and wrong in a lot of a lot of the areas. Obviously, you probably already already know this. So moving on, we're going to talk about the story elements of the uh, campaign of oh, oh, in Battlefield's case, war stories. Now you're probably going to think, oh, well, obviously, Battlefield's path is more realistic in that sense. That's where you're wrong. I'm going to give the story, the campaign, to Call of Duty World War II, not Battlefield. And obviously, I will explain that in a moment. But obviously, what I have to realise is that uh, with Call of Duty World War II and their campaign, it is a very fictionalised version of the events. Uh, but in terms of keeping, like, giving the major battles that happened with American soldiers, it's fairly spot on. Like, you had the Battle of the Bulge where the Americans were getting hammered by the Germans. Well, you had D Day. Uh, and you had the liberation of uh, Paris. That's that is what you want, that's what you want to see in a game like this, and I think it gives a, a really good fictionalised depiction of that, because let's be honest, it's not exactly history, but it gives you that fictionalised Call of Duty style campaign to the game, if you get my meaning. Uh, and this is where I'm going to talk about the one of the weapons that I mentioned, the PPSH-41, or its proper pronunciation, the Papasha-41. Now, as I said earlier, in Call of Duty they didn't have a Russian element to the game. However, if you play the campaign, and when you go to the beach and you kill one of the German soldiers when you get past the seawall, whatever it is, You'd notice that the German, one of the German soldiers that you, that you kill, I'm pointing no need, but he, he has he has this particular weapon, the Papasha. He has that particular weapon. Believe it or not, the, the Papasha 41 was the second most used SMG in the German military, aside from the MP40, simply because. The Papasha was extremely well built. Uh, it came with two configurations. We had the 70 round, 71 round drum magazine, which obviously when they first produced those weapons, that's what it came with. It came with the 71 round drum magazine, simple because the Papasha in real life fires 900 rounds per minute. Just simple on that basis, 71 rounds. But it was too heavy and you couldn't, carry, couldn't really carry the drums, so later in the war, 
they decided to switch to the 30 odd round magazines that we see in games normally, especially Call of Duty World War 2 and Black Ops Cold War, the most recent Call of Duty. So yeah, there's that. So, so a little insight as to uh, a little, so just those little details in Call of Duty. And I said I would think give a better perception of World War 2 as a story. Obviously, like I said, it's heavily fictionalised. Uh, but it's, it is based on true events, which is uh, which is nice. It's good. Yeah, it has that element. And the story was actually, I enjoyed playing that game. Definitely, definitely didn't get bored of it. I've still got it somewhere on my PlayStation. Nice. Uh, so let's talk about Battlefield 5's war stories and why I think they are not real. So let's start with the first story that you play, uh, which is Under No Flag, where you play uh, someone called Billy Bridger, uh, a criminal recruited by the SBS, the Special Boat Service, which was one one of two special forces uh, created by the UK during World War II. And straight off the bat, that's wrong. The SBS never recruited criminals into their ranks. They didn't. The SBS was full of professional soldiers. Uh, simply because, well, who would want criminals in their ranks? No one. It was the SAS in Africa during the North African campaign, and I believe it was in 1941, 42, when the SAS came about. I need to look it up because I don't know myself, to be fair. And obviously, when the SAS was created, it was created. Uh, just go to go behind enemy lines, destroy the planes of the Luftwaffe during World War II, North Africa, and it worked. It was the SAS that had the military rejects and the criminals that they deemed, well, criminals. Simple as. So, no reason to go much in detail on that. And the SAS, where the war was, you know, not. I wouldn't say, they did, yes, yes, I would say they did most damage to the Luftwaffe attack from the area, obviously. Uh, but yeah, just it's just simple that that whole war story under North Flag is just wrong on so many levels. Like, I would understand if it was the SAS because the SAS did recruit criminals into the ranks, surrounded by professional soldiers as well. And I, I just don't get what EA and DICE were doing. This is. What? Like what? Can someone explain to me what EA and DICE were doing with Battlefield 5? I just don't get it, especially that stuff, her story is just wrong on so many levels. 
There he is. He really is walking so many levels. He got me. He got me quite annoyed when I played for a while because again, like I said, the SPS didn't recruit criminals. Simple as. So let's move on to the second story. Now the second story pissed me off. It really did because you'd think because the whole point about four thousand dice and EA's message was like, oh yeah, we're gonna tell these untold stories. Even though the first one under the flag was not a real story at all. And you got the second one that was loosely based on an actual event. So before we go into detail, I'm gonna talk about what happened and what that means. So, so obviously you are a teenage resistance fighter in Norway, fighting the Germans, and I think the whole pro- the point of my get- point of my story is to save this character's mother, and then go on to destroy Germany's heavy water supply. And obviously, first I don't know, heavy water is a chemical that you used in uh, nuclear weapons. So obviously Germany were quite close to the atomic bomb before the uh, Americans were. And so obviously you go for the mission, you ski around and you complete it. And there's a part of the game, you know, this is where it gets me pissed off. So there's a part of the game, uh, I think you at this point you're off the bridge and you come across a bunch of dead soldiers i.e. Norwegian commandos. It turns out the story that's depicted in that game was real. And they changed it. They could have had... Right, I'm just let me go into the detail of what I mean. So, Obviously, in that stage, obviously, what I think it was 1943, 1944, maybe even like 1945, I can't, I don't know the exact detail, I don't know the exact bit. Uh, obviously, Germany was getting a heavy water supply, and what the Allies did was send in the Norwegian commanders, simply because of how things how they knew the area. However, the first team, the first team were massacred. They, they were just, yeah, they worked out the first team that they sent. However, the second team that they sent was successful. And they did, they completed the mission, destroying the heavy water supply the Germans had, without firing a single shot. That's right. These commanders went in, the second team of commanders went in, completed and completed the operation without firing a single shot. Shot. I looked this up. This is legit, and I recommend you all Google it because it is a fascinating story. And you think Dice, who's a fucking Scandinavian company, because they're Swedish, well, we have to recognize that Dice is Swedish, they're right next to Norway. And I have Norwegian friends that tell me they are told of this story that I've just explained. 
all the time to commemorate what they did. And they have dice in Sweden, a country next to them. And then they give us the bullshit that they gave us in the game. What the fuck were they thinking? Like, how can Dyson EA, when they came out and said, oh, we want to tell all these untold stories, they had a legit untold story, because I never knew this. I never knew this until uh, I watched this YouTuber, famous YouTuber, who does all these interviews, Angry Joe. He did a, an extension, he talks about the events. And once he said what he said, I googled. And it was it's legit. Norwegian commandos went in, completed that mission. Not a fucking teenage girl. So what the fuck were EA and Dice playing that there? I have, I've got no clue. I see that I've legit got no clue what. Oh yeah. Oh dear dear dear. Yeah, Dice, what the fuck were you doing? Because. If they wanted to have, like, women games, especially World War II environments like that, I don't really care. However, if you're going to push a female protagonist in a story that actually happened, then, then guess what? I'm going to be pretty pissed off about that. If you wanted, if VA and Dice wanted to have a female protagonist, there were plenty of other fucking examples to do it. French Resistance, for example. We could have played as the French Resistance. Or we could have played as the Russians. Like, for example, there were plenty of Russian stories that we could do. Like, the Night Witches, for example. We could have been the Night Witches. Now, obviously, the Night Witches uh, used a... These were... Female aircraft pilots that were bombing. Essentially, they were bombers. They were bombers. Essentially, that's what they, that's what they were. But what they had, obviously, their equipment was very outdated. Uh, they used a. I can't remember the exact name. I'm pretty sure it's called the Petrovska. Two, something. Uh, all I know. All I know is known as the PO two. Which is it? Which was essentially a biplane. It was a World War Two, World War One. I, I think for the Russians, it was a training aircraft slash bomber aircraft. Pretty sure that's what it was. Anyway, they used these women used these planes to go out and bomb gem targets. And one way they did it, instead of having the engine, engines drawn and heard by the Germans and then we got shot down these the women turned their engines off glided, glided in and bombed the targets and they were heard the Germans heard them laughing and, and the Germans gave them that distinction the night witches and obviously there was the German wedding for that boat I don't want to butcher it, just in case I'm wrong. So there's that, or, or we could have been part of the, could have been a female 
sniper in Stalingrad. Because that, because we have to understand uh, with Russia at that time, they deployed a full battalion of female snipers. A full battalion. But personally, one of my best stories, and obviously you can look this up for yourself. I'm just going to give you the cliff notes. Basically, this woman's husband was murdered by the Nazis when they went on their campaign to invade Russia, aka Operation Barbarossa. This woman lost her husband and she went to, she, she went to the Russian government and said, I want a tank, give me a tank so I can go and kill Germans. Obviously, at first they didn't, but she persisted, so they gave her a tank and she went on and killed Germans. <laughs> Which is just, yeah, amazing. So what? What? So, so I'm gonna ask. Where? Why did? Why didn't guys implement these stories? Where was these stories? Now we're gonna go on to the third war story in Battlefield Five. Uh, the I'm gonna try and say this right. The trout tree oh god. The one where you play the uh a French colonialist soldier, basically the the black soldier. Uh, I think you're French Algeria. Uh pretty sure that's where that's where it was, where the where the soldiers were from. And obviously some parts realistic, some parts not realistic. Uh, obviously, the treatment of black soldiers by the French. Well, yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah, you, I don't have to tell you what they were put through by white soldiers. However, in the game, it's depicted that these black soldiers went and attacked a full on German. Encampment or whatever you want to call it. That's unrealistic. I'll be honest. I don't think that would have happened. Uh, obviously, I don't know myself it's true. So that's why I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. Because I don't know myself too much. So I'll have to, I'll have to find out about that myself. To be honest. Uh, and lastly, for the war stories, we have the, uh, something I wouldn't expect. We have a German, we have a German, uh, perception, which you don't really see. You're not seeing in games, do you? Especially, so, that's the only, this is the only time I'm going to give EA and DICE some props. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, dice. That's the only time I'm going to give them props because you know you don't really. Because obviously, when you play Call of Duty, Battlefield, the Germans—they're all bad guys. They're all evil, and this have a shot. However, it didn't ever give us the perspective of uh, a German soldier or a German commander, and. Uh, I thought the German war story was depicted 
Jim, like, like, even if it, even if it, it is a fictionalized, even if, even if it is fictionalized, it gives us a good sto story, and that's why, that's why out of all the war stories that I've seen, this is our ranking from best to worst. Best, Tiger Tank. Second, the French one. Pin with the T, try the air, whatever. I can't pronounce it properly. Third, under no flag. And the worst war story, you can imagine what I'm going to talk about, is the worst one. And that is the Norwegian story. Simply because the, we could have had an actual untold story that no one would have known about. But yet they decided to fuck all that up and say fuck him. So yeah, there's that. So to give a ranking out of 10 between... Uh, between the story, obviously I gave it to Call of Duty World War 2. So that so based on that now it will get an extra point. So so in terms of story and the elements and what I've spoken about Cold Jewelry is an easy eight out of ten in terms of their story. Battlefield five in terms of their war stories. Three out of ten. Three out of ten for the Battlefield 5 when it comes to the war, their war stories because well again that's meant to be about historical accuracy is not very historical historically accurate so let's talk about the multiplayer and while you have to bear in mind before going to this the Multiplayer aspects of these two games are very, very different. So, Call of Duty World War Two, more close quarters, more in your face, just balls deep action, which is fun. But Battlefield Five is more on the large scale, large big battles that you. Uh, can get involved with again, which are good, which is fun. I liked it, especially when you're, especially when you pick the recon clients. You're a sniper and you're, you're in a bush and it's all kicking off around you and you're silently picking off people one at a time. Especially this one time, I thought it was hilarious. I, it was hilarious. Uh, this one time, I, uh, I saw this guy, saw this tank come through. Going across the field, uh, the guy was on top of it with an MG42 firing it. Shot that guy, and uh, <laughs> the most hilarious thing: the tank stopped, rotated its turret, looked right at me, and I, I, I decided not to run. Instead, in an open field. <laughs> I decided just to lay him prone, hoping he doesn't see me. You can imagine that didn't go well for me. So obviously there was that aspect. It's fun. Honestly, it's fun. Uh, because 
but from five and Cordial is uh, what you play him. Honestly, he's so fun. And I think that's the main reason why people play Call of Duty in Battlefield. Simply just for that multiplayer. Just simply for the multiplayer, because of how fun and engaging it is. Right. Like, for example, Call of Duty World War II. Uh, I mostly play the shipment mode that's on the game. Simply because it's chaotic, it's brilliant, it's fun. Balls deep, it's just balls deep, just crazy, especially when people get their score streaks and all of a sudden the map, just really tiny map, just, just get all blown to hell. It's brilliant, love it. Uh, Battlefield 5, obviously, is, you don't really get score streaks in the way that Call of Duty does. If you are a squad leader, you can call in set things like the V1, V2 rockets. Uh, smoke to help you with cover as well as medical and ammo supplies so there's the right aspects uh, but yeah uh, you obviously again you can be you can customize the way your character looks customize the weapons pick sort of what sort of character you want which is you know a typical multiplayer uh, Typical multiplayer stuff, because let's be honest, multiplayer that's the, never that's never going to be historically accurate, is it? Uh, so nothing else, nothing much I can really talk about multiplayer, except it on both ends it's really fun. So I think for rating for multiplayer, I'm going to give both a ten out of ten. I know, right? Shocking, a ten out of ten for multiplayer. Uh, obviously, you know you got all your, you know you got all your sorts of bugs and all sorts of crap but it is just so much fun so much fun to play on with the multiplayer on these two games no really is fun so here we go uh i'm gonna go and add up what i've got and i'm gonna come back and give you a score so obviously i will go through what i've said all the points and I'll give you an overall rating for these two games and see which one I would personally go for. So then, so after that, so as you can tell we spoke about the gameplay elements, stories and the multiplayer, the three big ones. So, so, so Talk about the gameplay elements, we gave both games a rating a 5 out of 10 simply because they get things right and they got things wrong. Uh, in terms of story, despite Call of Duty's heavily fictionalised story, it is based on a lot of the true events that American soldiers went through in World War 2, etc. That's why I gave it an 8 out of 10. And Battlefield 5, a game that's supposed to be historically accurate, I only gave that a 3 out of 10, simply because, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was just crap. The war stories are just crap, except for one. And it's lucky if 
Honestly, if that one war story turned out to be garbage, it would have been a zero, even a one out of ten. But luckily, the Tiger Tank one uh, saved it. So then the multiplayer, uh, I gave the multiplayer on both games a full mark, 10 out of 10. This might, yeah, there can be issues within the multiplayer, but it's all about having fun, and I have fun with these games. So on that note, the overall rating for Call of Duty World War 2, it will be a 9.5 out of 10, and Battlefield 5, a 6 out of 10. Uh, simply because, and obviously you've gone through this, you, you know the reason why, you know the reason why. Uh, but yeah, the game that I'd rather walk away with is called Jury World War 2. So, so that is it, that's the end of the episode, that's me talking about Call of Duty about Battlefield 5. Uh, essentially these were review, reviews, so if you want to see more reviews here on the podcast when it comes to video games let me know but uh, yeah apart from that i'm gonna end the episode right now thanks for listening and uh i shall be back hopefully i'll record more episodes and don't leave this stranded as i did but yeah i'm gonna end the episode now and uh take it easy and uh see you in the next one